Hello and welcome to Modern Art is Rubbish, episode number 14. Are you alright Tom? Yeah, I'm great Mark, it's 14, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's... yeah, for some reason I thought we were 13 but that was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, this is endurance, this is a, a test of endurance. So we're going to be looking at artists that give themselves a real test of their resilience. Um, so we're looking today at artists that endure. Great! <laughs> <laughs> Before we start, I'd just like to say uh, one of uh, our listeners pointed out that during the Blue episode, I described the artist Eve Klein as Yves Klein. So just to set the record straight, his name was actually Eve Klein, not Yves, as I like to say. So Yves, is it spelled with a Y? Yeah, I fell into the old trap. Yeah, well, you know, it, it it's a difficult trap because everyone pronounces stuff so different. Well, yeah. We're going to find that with our next artist, aren't we? Yes, because the artist is Meeks Poppy. He's a Belgium artist. He took a block of marble and he put it in the middle of a uh, Belgium courthouse. There's a chain put through the centre of it to which he shackled his leg. So you've got this big cube of marble in the middle of a room and this artist decided to try and chisel his way out of it so i guess marbles i'm imagining it's very heavy yeah four tons four tons yeah <laughs> so this guy he's got his he spends uh, the next 19 days trying to chisel his way through this block so he he doesn't get very far he gets uh well he does Actually, he does get very far. I watched the uh, videos. There's a live feed of this guy, and apparently the marble represents uh, art history. You do well to get through all of art history in 19 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, symbolically, he's trying to free himself from art history by chipping away at this block of marble and thus releasing himself from the burden of art history. I don't know what kind of art you'd make if you uh, got free of art history. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to imagine, I guess. It's some sort of art that we can't see yet because as like we're going to allude to in a minute, he never got himself free of it, did he? No, no. He, he got 19 days and had to be rescued. They got an angle grinder uh, to cut through this heavy metal chain that was around his uh, ankle. But he didn't feel actually disappointed. And he actually said that, you know, he learned that you can't truly free yourself from art history it seems like he gave up after 19 days because i guess he was quite close if i've seen the footage as well yeah. he was quite close to releasing himself did is that yeah. how far he wanted to get and then give up do you think that was pre-planned yeah i don't know why because 19 days he had food and water so i would have thought he could have what do you reckon that was about another four days of chiseling five days maybe even less now he was close wasn't he yeah I don't know, maybe he was uh, tired, he was missing his comforts, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he had an appointment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't know what happened there, but yeah, he's free now. He's free to do whatever he does, but with the shackles of art history around him. Uh, yeah, as we all carry around with us, I guess. Uh. <laughs> The next guy I want to talk about 
He's really interesting. And again, another name that's quite difficult to pronounce. And his name is Teching Sierra. And he's a Taiwanese artist. He's quite interesting. He was a, an immigrant. He came across uh, from Taiwan to America. And he was here illegally for a, quite a long time. Well, here. He was there illegally for quite a long time. So you can imagine if you're illegal in America, you end up doing quite rubbishy jobs. So he was like a dishwasher and he was a, a cleaner. Uh, at a restaurant for ages and ages and eventually one time he got home now he realized that his life was actually his art so this kind of this routine this kind of spending his days doing the same thing day in day out is what his art is about it's how you spend your time so so what he did from 1978 to 1986 he did five performances over that period and they all lasted one year each and uh, the one I'm quite interested in was the first one he did it was called One Year Performance Time Clock Piece so you've got to imagine he's in this room it's a pretty miserable looking room and he even wears pretty much the same clothes like a sort of grey shirt grey trousers he looks a bit like he works in a garage and he's got a clock on the wall, a sort of a time clock, a punching in and out clock. And what he decides to do as to sort of show how life and time, you know, the passage of it, he clocks in every hour for a year. So on the hour, every hour for a whole year, he clocks in. Well, are we talking 24 clocks a day? Yes. So wow. he has to punch in. So literally... He, if he goes out, say he goes, oh, I've just got to pop to the, uh, I don't know, I've just got to pop to the local uh, supermarket for, for, I the don't sausage know, or sausage, whatever. yeah, or noodles, whatever you, yeah. whatever you do. Um, he has to be back within 59 minutes. So he managed to do 365 days clocking every hour without missing, he must have missed one. He must have dropped to sleep, surely. He only missed 100 uh, in the whole year and that was literally where he slept through a really loud alarm because he could only sleep for 59 minutes because he had to clock in yeah. so what he also did was he took a photograph every time he clocked in so there's always these uh, photographs of him and at the start as well before he uh, started this piece he had his hair all shaved off so gradually over time you see these photographs of this guy and his hair is getting longer and longer and longer and longer. Yeah, so by the end of the year, um, I'm imagining he looks like... Uh, what? How how long was his hair at the end? He looks like a really tired hippie guy. A tired hippie guy, who's yeah. Who's got a, a good job because his suit's still... His sort of his working clothes are still very nice. He said it's about, you know, it's about life and time. And life is just passing time. So doing art. So it's about this process of time and repetition. Right. Another one of the pieces he did over the five-year period was one year he was actually tethered to another artist for a whole year. What, tethered? What, like by blue, Bluetooth? <laughs> no, by rope. Old-style old Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was tethered to another artist by uh, with a rope. And also... He did another one, which is quite interesting because he's a bit too early because he did uh, one where he didn't produce any work, any art, talk about art, look at art for a whole year. So he did no artwork whatsoever. And he called that art? 
in itself a piece of art. Yeah, it was a piece of art. But the, sad, <laughs> yeah. the funny thing is, if you'd hung on uh, for people that have listened to our old podcast, you probably could have got a grant from Maurizio Catalan. Because you remember, I don't know if you remember that thing with the Oblomov Foundation where Maurizio Catalan uh, paid people money if they would do no art for a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he could have earned a bit of cash that yeah, way. Catalan. So that was a, quite an endurance one. Yeah, that's that's quite severe endurance. Every day on the hour, I mean, it's it's tiring to think about it, actually. My eyes are kind of going a little bit... He must have been knackered, mustn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so how did he survive? Because obviously he's got to eat and drink. He must have, like, been able to earn money doing it, did he? Or But he probably didn't eat very much. Yeah, well, so if anyone knows, yeah, please, please get in touch yeah, with yeah. us. I doubt he would have ate very much because he wouldn't have time to do a big shop. What's our email? It's info at modernartisrubbish.com. Yes. yes sorry, Please email. let us know. What's his name, this guy? Uh, Tetsing Sierra. Tetsing Sierra. How did he afford to do his art? We want to know at the show. The next enduring artist is a guy called Abraham Point Cheval, right? And he's a French artist and he's born in 1972. And the piece that I was quite interested in was actually happened last year. And what it is, is this guy, he lived inside a, uh, a giant limestone boulder for like a week. So what, he lived inside what he just sat inside. Yeah. It? What he did was. You can imagine, right, there's a giant boulder and it's been sliced in half and carved out of the boulder is a sort of like a seated shape of a human so that he can actually get inside it. And then what happens is, is this limestone boulder is then shut so he's encased inside the boulder and he lived inside it for a week. He's got supplies in there and people could still talk to him and there's a video camera in there. So on the gallery, you can see the video of him being inside this boulder. But of course, he's got to live inside it with all his wee-wee and his poo-poo. So I guess he had a kind of spaceman sort of arrangement with his wee-wee and poo-poo. I think he just had plastic bottles. I don't think he actually seemed to go that high-tech with it. Oh, right, okay. So he just had to store it around him. Uh, which isn't yeah well it must have been like smelly the challenge that he faces is again it's quite similar to Teching is that it's about time and he's very interested in in apparently like boulder time like the time that it is inside you know this timeless quality that's that I suppose that rocks have and he's interested in how the passage of time is affected by sitting inside the boulder interesting apparently though people were coming up and talking to talking to him and asking questions and saying their problems and he thinks they were actually kind of just talking to the boulder rather than him Uh, yeah so it's like boulder therapy yeah so i guess were people talking french to him was this in france this um uh yes performance yes it was yeah whereabouts in france was it i don't actually know whereabouts it was located i believe it was in paris yeah in a gallery I mean I mean what how's your French what would you say to him 
Ça va? Ça va, ça va. Il y a une bonne euh, piscine ici? Is that a good swimming pool? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he came out, he he felt very sort of dazed, uh, you know, but which is pretty much normal if you've been living in a rock. Yeah, particularly if people are outside saying good swimming pool to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he does this a lot. He previously did one where he lived inside a life-size brown bear, obviously a dead bear. He crawled inside it and... Can't, not a real bear, not inside its intestines. Well, no, no, flesh. that was all... It was a taxidermy bear, but for 13 days he, he stayed inside a bear. Yeah. And I think it's again of his trying to get back to sort of like somehow understand nature and be within it. Yeah. Because gradually, after a while, you lose your sense of self, the sense of who you are. It's all about the bareness of time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get back to the bare necessities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Off. I'd like to uh, mention, and you said about this as well, Tom, is that we should look at David Blaine. Yeah, so David Blaine, he's a well-known entertainer, magician. He's, yeah. But he does he endurance events, doesn't he? So he did his standing on a pole, I think that was yeah, in New York. Yeah, that was one, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he did in a, in a, was it in an ice box somewhere? He did, well, yeah. And then he, he did it in a box by London yeah. Eye as well. Well, that's what we're going to look at, yeah. yeah. The, the one he did in London was called... Uh, above the below now i think his work is art as well as performance I obviously not it's magic stuff isn't art it's artful but it's not art but these endurance pieces i think are artful and what it was was for more than uh, six weeks he was locked inside a, a three by seven by seven foot uh plexiglass box and it was suspended about 30 feet in the air and he had no food for the whole time and all he had was water and that was it to drink nothing else yeah it was amazing uh, I actually amazing feat of endurance well yeah it was also really about i mean he talks about bringing people together and the idea he said that when you have nothing and you're living with nothing there's no distraction you're just there as you are you know almost struggling and he says i think it's the sort of purest state you can be in and i actually saw this piece i actually went to london and when you look at him you can see it's just a it's, it's first it's an incredible spectacle when you see it it feels it feels like you're part of history but also you see it and it's a it's a he is a person in his purest state because there's only so much he can be thinking of there's only so much he can be dealing with and in the end he's just being you can't I, I don't imagine after 44 days which is how long he was up there for you your brain will start to slow down it, because he's because you he can see out and you can see all these people and he looked very calm and it was quite quite odd that there was loads of people there yet when me I was there with my mother when me and my mother turned up 
he noticed that we were a new people that had just arrived and he actually waved to my mum. So he was aware of everyone and it was a really quite a quite a, an incredible thing. It was breathtaking, yeah. I, I remember his first one or the one that he did on the pole in New York. Yeah. And I remember hearing him talk about it um, after yeah. he'd done it. And yeah. He, and he was saying it went back to an old story of monks protesting against, uh, I think it was against Romans from thousands yeah, of years yeah. ago and how they sat on poles outside yeah. the city as a protest for 24 hours. Um, so it was quite, the way he talked about what he was doing, it was quite uh, sensitive and artistic. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One of his first ones was where he was buried underground in a, uh, again, in a plexiglass coffin. On top of him, they put a three-ton water tank filled with, you know, a three-ton water tank full up with water. And he survived under there for seven days and nights with nothing but liquids. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and at some point you just got to say, okay, he's gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, you're still on the pole. You've been in a plexi box. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing now? What's yeah. going on? I, I don't know. I don't know much about him as a person, but that's quite extreme sort of things he's doing. Yes. He's doing, yeah. And I think when you put yourself in different situations, you do learn a lot about yourself or you learn a lot about other people. Yeah, because I, I remember he went on breakfast television in this country to do an interview and people were talking to him and he had a dazed look in his eyes and they had to end the interview. Did you ever see footage of that? No. He he was like a vegetable on breakfast TV. Oh. oh worth checking yeah. that out. <laughs> Sounds a bit fluxus. <laughs> <laughs> Eamon Holmes, I think, was interviewing him. It was like he was having like some sort of uh, medical event. It was like he couldn't respond and he was like had a dazed look in his eyes and he was mm. on live te television. Oh, I don't know that one. I'll have to have a look at that. We'll put a link on the uh, site if we can <laughs> right, find yeah. it. Yeah. Right, so. And we're not going to talk about Eamon Holmes anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh, the final one uh, I just want to mention, someone we've talked to, talked about before, Tom, uh, Chris Burden. And this was a piece that he did when he was a student. Yeah, so this college. is before he progressed onto guns <laughs> <laughs> and being kicked down the stairs, if yes, I, yeah. my memory serves me yeah. correctly. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> As we discussed previously, Chris Burden did consider himself uh, a sculpture you know, his works, he considered them sculptural works. So initially when he was at college, was he decided that he would climb inside a locker and uh, live in it for five days. So there's a row of lockers in the college and they're about two foot by two foot by two foot. And he just climbed inside it and lived in it for five days. Are you sure he wasn't just stuck in it? No. Well, I think the thing is, he probably would have been stuck in it. It's interesting. People apparently came up and talked to him and knocked on the door and stuff. And all he had was a bit of um, some water and he didn't have any other food. So he was a student at this 
school yeah. at the time he did this. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons he climbed inside a locker as opposed to making a box and get inside the box, he didn't want the box to be part of the artwork. So he liked the fact that the locker was there before. And then after the artwork has finished, the locker just goes back to being a locker again. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I I couldn't get inside a locker. I'd just be too big. You're, yeah, well, you're a, a you know, six foot plus man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how big Chris Burden is. Yeah, would you be tempted to get in a locker? T- yeah, I could slide in quite easily, couldn't yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> we got a, we got a, we got a, we've got Kenzie's kitty litter box there. Could you get in there? Uh, I wouldn't get in my cat litter box under any circumstances. That'd be quite impressive. That'd be quite <laughs> yeah. a feat of endurance, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'd have to wear like a hazard suit. Yeah. <laughs> and wellies well if it was in you know Kenzie's litter box you know it's it's not a place you want to spend much time he doesn't even like she doesn't she, even like it yeah. well you know I, I have to note to everyone listening I do keep the her litter box clean <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I never go in there and it stinks but uh, yeah I wouldn't want to I yeah. wouldn't want to like spend any amount of time in there but no. I guess if it was for art, I could imagine getting in my yellow suit with wellies, just slipping in there, yeah. living in there for a few weeks. And I guess Chris Burden, he got out the locker. He might, he was probably a bit of a hero, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he was the talk of the college. And he kind of set the bar for everyone else. Apparently, uh, the art tutors, you know, expected everyone else to go as kind of like as interesting as his piece was. So, um, right, Tom, anything else to add? Um, what about endurance? Yeah. Well, I've, I've actually run a marathon. Have you? Yeah. Was, our, it, was it an arty marathon, though? I was wearing a um, salmon-coloured outfit. Does that count as art? Well, I don't know. Wait, is it salmonist? <laughs> salmonist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, sounds like, that doesn't sound like art. That sounds like he's against salmons, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You salmonist. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know. Endurance. Just trying to think. Um, it would be nice to um, be involved in a big endurance jam, for example. Yeah. Where pl- where you did a twenty four hour jam session with the music. But the thing is, stuff like that is quite sort of like self involved, isn't it? Yeah, it's not really... But uh, I guess all art is in some way. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think it's that that experience, isn't it? It's it's what I, I found doing the endurance piece, you know, the David Cameron, it is as much about what you go through and it is about your own personal development. I'm sure that these artists do that. They do it because it's spectacle and it's interesting, but also because it is a... So it's a spectacle, but it's also an inner journey as well, which is quite interesting nice yeah nice keep that in yeah <laughs> so um 
Just before we go, uh, just to say, uh, we do have a Facebook page and we do have a lot of chats on Facebook. And you can email us on info at modernartisrubbish.com. Anything else, Tom? Um, you can visit us on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash modernartisrubbish. You're cool, yeah. And visit our website, modernartisrubbish.com, where uh, each episode has all the images we're talking about and uh, the story of each episode. You can read as you listen. Yes, so you can see the images or the links to the images, depending on what the copyright situation is. Oh, don't need to say that, do I? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, iTunes, if you can uh, subscribe on iTunes, and if you've got time, if you can give us a five-star review, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so please get in touch and interact with us. If you want, want to talk about art with us or mention any artists you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. Yes, cool. And engage with us because yeah. we, we love a bit of engagement. Yes, we do. Indeed. Right, I'm going to hold my breath now. Right, that's it. God, I was really nervous there for a minute. <laughs> I was like, where's this going to end? <laughs> All right, uh, I suppose it's just buys then. Bye. 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 Bye.